0: Hi everyone, welcome to the Landlord Association Podcast. I'm your host, George Gow. This is a podcast by the landlords and for the landlords in the greater Houston area. We'll discuss tips, strategies, techniques to help our listeners to be more educated and ultimately become more successful rental property owners and investors. Hello everyone, welcome to episode 17. Uh, It's been a while since our last podcast, sorry for the delays. We're trying to line up some great guests for you in the future. Today we have another Ask Jimmy session that we recorded on a webinar that we converted into a short podcast. Uh, we're hoping in the future we can actually use this webinar format to uh, have Q&A session, live Q&A sessions to answer questions, uh, host guests instead of having in-person meetups, uh, do presentations, or have Excel tutorials. So the possibility is endless with these uh, live webinars that we can have in the future. So we're very excited. And uh, without any further ado, here's another Ask Jimmy segment. Hope you enjoy. So it's been a while since we've done one of these, so uh, we have a bunch of uh, questions from our members queued up. Are you ready? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, I'm ready to go. All
0: right. So our first question comes from Janet. Uh, Janet asks, what is the best app to collect rent? I have a tenant, she's always late, and it got get lost in the mail.
1: Yeah, so I, I think uh, a lot of people use a lot of different things. Um, you know, cash apps are, are pretty popular now. A lot of people have Venmo. A lot of people have Zelle. Uh, PayPal um, are are really good cash uh, apps to use. I think um, most people that have Chase or or uh, or Wells Fargo, I have Wells Fargo, that they usually have access to Zelle. Um, and, um, and you know, I always you know also give them the option of uh, taking their rent to the bank directly. You know, what, what are you using, George?
0: Yeah. So, uh, most of my tenants either, um, use, uh, Zelle or they use, um, a cash apps. And one of my tenants just recently started using Venmo. So, uh, um, I don't have one system I use. Um, I should try to get them on one system, but I have three or four tenants. I use different systems, but, um, anything works, anything. I don't have any one that mails checks to me or pickup checks. I think nowadays most of the tenants have uh, phones and uh, can get online. So, uh, you know, I think you just got to make that clear to them up front and say, hey, this is a ways I'm collecting rent and uh, make sure they understand that and uh, sign off on it before you, uh, you know, get the first month going.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's what, that's, that's what I think too. And, um, and I'm similar to you. Um, I give my tenants um, a lot of different options. And uh, so people are just doing um, – you know all sorts of uh platforms and uh, for me um uh, it's not a, too big of a hassle because you know um there's um there's apps on the phone and so it just alerts you whenever you there's an incoming payment so i know when they pay so it's it's fairly easy i, I still got people that want to bring it to the bank too and so that's fine too
0: yeah yeah they can deposit yeah. the bank um but really uh there's really no reason people should be mailing checks nowadays uh, you know <laughs>
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it, it, you know, the, the, if it bounces, then it delays you from giving the three day notice, and you know, there's all sorts of issues with the uh, mailing and checks. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's a good question,
0: Janet. So next one come from uh, Carolina. Uh, Carolina and says, um, I need to buy an ozone machine to get rid of the mildew and smoky smell from a unit. If it kills mildew, that'll be a plus. Any recommendations?
1: Yeah, I don't I don't think that uh, th- these things kill the, the mildew I think what they do is they um, they emit uh, uh, o2 in the air and um, basically they uh, basically they 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 neutralize odor and so you know to the extent that you have odor that's what they do they neutralize the odor and they they kind of you know will make your air odorless uh, after you turn it on long enough um, so there's uh, plenty that are on Amazon, you know, they range anywhere from 60 to 400 bucks. Um, you can get a cheap one if, you know, you don't use it very often. And if you get the cheaper one, you just, you know, move it around different rooms. You know, it's just depends on, you know, how, how many square foot, you know, these things can, uh, how many square foot you want to neutralize at, at a time. And so if you have one that's a little bit cheaper, you, you probably move it around to various rooms um to to try to neutralize odor but it's a it's a good it's a good machine um it does its job pretty well i use it for house cars you know rental unit uh especially those hard to get out smell and uh and it works well so uh, you have any um um experience with these george no i don't
0: i heard about these What, what did people do before they had ozone machines did they just open the window and let it out or did they use fans or was there like old method that people used uh, to get smell out before the ozone machine.
1: Well, I think uh, I think uh, I think I think before the ozone machine, I think I, well, number one, I think ozone machine has been a while; it's been around for a while. The other thing is, I think people would hire professionals to somehow, you know, get rid of it. Uh, yeah. Gotcha.
0: Um, is there a particular brand that you recommend?
1: Uh you know, I uh I don't know about branding in ozone. The the stuff that I use, the generic stuff that I use seems to work well and and I borrow various people's ozone machine. Um you know, there's you know there's two guys that borrow and I I don't think that they're even the same brand and they all they all just kind of work. Yeah. And they don't they don't kill mildew, right? No, I don't
0: no, they don't. No, you you (laughs) it's a separate contractor. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah but it's important to get rid of the mildew uh once you have it so
1: yeah, that, that that's the most important thing because that's mold. the source you know so you can go in and you can um you know uh kill the all the smell but if you don't really treat the source then it's still there
0: right so get the order operation correct uh make sure you, you know just like we put down uh you know, flooring before we start you know uh painting the walls and stuff we still have to uh get The mildew and mold out of the house before you sell it was a machine, right? Yeah, uh, all right. So, next question comes from Vanessa. Vanessa asks, uh, How much should I ask for a pet deposit? It's a uh, Jack Russell and it weighs about 25 pounds, and the rent is 2200 per month. So, I'm assuming she's talking about the tenant who has a pet, uh, small pet looks like, and the rent is pretty high at 2200 per month, at least for the Houston market.
1: Yeah, it's pretty high and so, you know, you kind of want to look at your house and see, you know, how expensive your house is and kind of what shape is your house in right now. Um, you know, pet deposits range from just um a few hundred dollars for a pet fee to um no, we don't allow pets at all because we don't want to mess up our house. And so, you know, you want to look at you know that factor. Um, you know, some some people some people will will like to do a deposit where you know they'll take in a high amount of money and say hey i'm happy to give it back to you if, if there's no damage and some people tend to take a, a pet fee you know so you know there's a there's a big range though um you know you, you can do a few hundred bucks um if, if you really want the tenant if you really like the tenant or or you can take uh you know a thousand two thousand bucks for a uh, deposit
0: right yeah i have some <laughs> real right experience you know it's uh I typically ask the tenant for a non refundable pet deposit. Um, and uh, if it's a really big pet, you can ask them for a monthly fee as well on top of the rent. So 25, 30 bucks per month on top of the rent. Uh, also, uh, I heard there's some new products out there that are uh, pet, uh, like a pet uh, insurance almost. So if the pet does damage to the property, I think they somehow uh, work with you to, you know, Offset the cost of the repair. So I know that's it's normally not available to individual uh, landlords. Uh, it's more available through. I heard some landlord, some property management companies offer those kind of products, where if you buy like a white glove, um, kit from them, uh, go to the next premium tier, they offer those kind of one-off insurance products too as part of their offering. But um, something to look into.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and it's and it's and it's due to insurance companies. If you have a lot of units, then they're willing to kind of offer something like that because uh, they can uh, spread out their risk. But if you just got one or two units, then they probably won't offer directly to you. Right.
0: Yeah. I think if you go directly to an insurance company, I don't think they'll even do it for individual uh, right. properties. Yeah. All right. Uh, next question comes from Jessica. Jessica asks. Uh, tenants paid seven hundred of a partial rent. Total rent is nine ninety five, which is due on nine twenty three nineteen. And they said it's, they're going to pay me on Friday, and the rest of the, with the rest of the late fees. While well, Friday came, and they said they're going to pay me on Monday. So it sounds like uh, somebody who keep delaying the payment. Can I give them a three day notice to vacate slash pay rent, or what should I do?
1: Well, I think uh, I think uh, because you take partial rent, it makes things more complicated and. Um, it uh, gives you a higher level of risk when you uh, go evict and go to court because uh, it, you know, leaves the judge uh, to question whether a deal was uh, strike with between you and a tenant to pay partial rent. And if y'all agree to it. Um, And so usually in these types of situation, what uh, I would do is if a tenant says that, Hey, I don't have rent on the third, um, but I'm going to pay, you know, Sometime in the future, then say, Okay, understood, but I'm still going to put a three day notice so that I don't forfeit my right and my timeline to evict you. But if you pay, you know, before we, you know, file for eviction within the three days, then, you know, I don't have to go to court and file my paper and, you know, eviction process will stop. So usually I tell my tenants that upfront so that it doesn't delay my timeframe. But if you already took rent, then um, then, you know, I think you would have to start all over, you know, either give them the rent back and then after I give them the three day or, you know, or, you know, do it next month. Right.
0: Yeah. So I think in her case, she does not want to give the uh, if it's just a couple hundred bucks, I think she would just give it back. But in this case, she may not want to give it back. And just. Right. It, um, yeah.
1: And just
0: it start again. So, right. Yep. All right. <clears throat> Our next question comes from Deborah. Deborah asks, is there a way to raise rent dealing with Section 8? I have a tenant paying well below what Section 8 will pay. I don't know how you want to take this one, Jimmy. It's kind of an open-ended question, not really clear.
1: Yeah, I mean, usually Section 8 will have um, what they'll pay in their voucher. And if it's up for renewal, then you can always increase. Um, But um, from your question, you said that you know the tenant is paying well below what Section Eight will pay. It seems like you have a a separate deal with the tenant. Um, so if the Section Eight voucher is at a certain amount, you know, whatever deal that you made with the tenant, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that you can raise rent with them because ultimately they may not pay you. Yeah. You know, I mean, she so said you gotta, you gotta, I, I, you just gotta try to see if if you got to try to assume that, Hey, if, if I'm only getting payment from section eight, or am I okay with it? Or am I really depending on section eight payment and your tenant's payment? And, uh, if, if you are, then, you know, you're, you're kind of in a, in a tough spot.
0: Right. Yeah. So, um, and I've seen scenarios where, um, um, you know, initial in the first contract in original con- lease that, you know, th- if the section 8 is below market you can go back to section 8 and adjust ask for uh, adjustment uh, re- renegotiate section 8 if you can prove that your market rents higher but typically if they are, they are the voucher is already at market rate then you just have to make sure the tenant pay you the the correct amount and uh, um, you know so you may whole on your voucher
1: right yeah sounds good
0: always good questions um, Alright, our last question comes from Shelly. Uh, Shelly asks, interested in a few perspectives here in situation here, tenant notified us of multiple issues. One is that AC is not working. So when we're out to address a different issue the following day, we notice a tarp over the AC condenser unit. Turns out the AC does not have a short, does have a short in the condenser. Was this related to the overheating from running the unit with the tarp covering it? Maybe. Uh, maybe not, but highly likely. So she believes that it was caused by the tarp covering it unfortunately because it uses r2 r22 we're having to replace the entire system they now claim the tarp was only used to cover their other belongings the atv that shouldn't be on the property so um uh, because of old coolant type they had to replace the entire system what do you think jimmy
1: Yeah. <clears throat> um so so you know i guess it, it boils down to hey you know whose expense is this and um and I, I try to have a non-emotional way to, to deal with this. What I do is I call a third party, you know, contractor, and I ask them to look at it and see if they can determine what was the cost. Um, and, um, you know, stuff like roof foundation, AC typically, it's not an area where tenants will go and mess with it on purpose, uh, uh, at least not on purpose. And so if your contractor comes in and says, oh, yeah, it's definitely due to the tarp, you know, that's the only way I can see this, you know, not working correctly, then yes, uh, you know, you should discuss about, hey, this is, these are the, the contractor's note. This is definitely what they said and, you know, and work it out with them that way. But if the contractor comes back and says, you know, I'm not really sure. Yes, there's a problem, but, you know, who knows? then i usually give the tenant the benefit of the doubt and say you know i'll, I'll pay for it um you know mm-hmm. stuff like doorknobs and you know um dishwashers stuff like that um yeah. you know it's definitely areas where tenant does uh, use and you know have a lot of um, you know they, def- they definitely use and they definitely wear it so if those things break then you know it's very easy to say hey this is your fault because you know, you, you use this and, you know, it, it wasn't broken when you moved in. So now it's broken. And so, you know, kind of please pay for it. But, it, you know, it's, it's ca- kind of a little bit harder to argue that it is their fault when, you know, something involving roof or AC is is broken unless you have some type of, you know, reasonable proof, you know. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, anytime you can get a third party to say it, you know, it's one way or another, it's always make that argument a little easier. You know, because right. it's not you versus them. You can say, "Hey, you know, look, it's it's an you know, inspector or the the contractor said this, and uh, you know that's uh, always helps your argument a little bit more." So, um, yeah, definitely get a if it's really that cost prohibitive and get a third party opinion, and um, then you can go back to them and you know try to try to maybe get them to pay for half of it or something.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. All
0: right. Thank you, Jimmy. All right.
1: For, thank uh, you. Answer the questions. All right. Thank you. All right. See you next time. See you next time, George.